Flex. Now, uh, launched by the charity Alcohol Change UK, Dry January has steadily grown in popularity across the world, particularly here in South Africa. It's a time when people swear off alcohol for the month in aid of a good cause. But what if you feel that you want to stay sober longer than a month, but you feel that you need some support? Maybe you've tried uh, AA or therapy and it didn't work for you. Well, World Without Wine could be the answer. It's the brainchild of Janet Gourant and it's a social network support so social network supporting and inspiring alcohol free living and i'm delighted that janet joins us in studio this morning janet welcome great to have you in studio with us fantastic you're looking fabulous as always as always (laughs) so listen dry january then what's this all about i mean we we know that we do ox sober and various other things but dry january start of a brand new year what is it well it's another challenge a little bit like October but uh, there's something about dry January isn't there you know it's a fresh new year shiny new year let's make a a good start a healthy start and we've been doing this now for four years this is our fourth year and we partner with this fabulous NGO called Earth Child Mm. and what Earth Child do is they provide yoga and life school classes for children in Kalicha and Lavender Hill so the first year uh, we worked for them doing the dry January, we raised 30,000, and that was enough for 150 children to do those classes for a whole year. Wow. And it's a fabulous project. You know, I've been out to the schools, I've watched the kids doing it, and they, they just love it. Yeah. They really do, and it, it brings some peace into their lives. And, and often people say to me, well, why yoga? You know, don't these kids need shoes and books? And, of course, they do need all that mm, stuff as mm. well. But the thing is, with something like yoga, it, it's a, something they can use for years. Yeah, you know, for and, sure. And develop it. And it's such a sustainable project. And one of the lovely things is that ki- they've been going 14 years now. And the kids that joined them when they were that big, mm. they're now teachers in their community. Ah, it's absolutely beautiful. beautiful. So yeah. I love working with them. And it's the four, uh, last year we raised 56,000. So we managed to get sure. a little bit more. Congratulations. So just to mention to your listeners, if I may, that uh, the challenge is still open because we appreciate that a lot of South Africans go for holidays in January. So people can register any day up to the 31st of January. So if you like, you can do a dry February. So how does one how does one monitor this? What how does this this work? If I was to say, okay, I'm going to do a dry January. I mean, all of my life is dry. It's, it drives January to December. But but let's say for, for argument's sake that sure. I was a drinker and I wanted to do it. Okay. What how does it work? How sure. do you monitor what the, we're doing? And the, the mechanics. The mechanics. I mean, obviously, I'm not. I can't police everybody. No, of course, <laughs> you're not knocking on people's doors, <laughs> checking dustbins for wine bottles. No. 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 <laughs> idea though <laughs> um, how it works is every day the person that signed up for dry giant so they make a donation mm. yeah, we encourage at least 250 rand because that's a pl- that sponsors one child for a whole year sure. but if somebody can only afford 100 rand or 50 rand we'll still put them on the challenge so what happens is every day they'll get an email which uh, i've written and it's tips tools strategies to get you through to get you through another alcohol free day Mm, and another mm. alcohol free day day and we also put people on our private facebook group so they can talk to other challengers and say oh god this is hard isn't it and then they say have you tried this have you tried that it's really sweet and um yeah so that's how it works so daily tips facebook group and people you know they manage they do it 
do people ever turn it into a dry February, March, yeah, April? Yeah, and people, I mean, do you have people who now yeah. don't drink as a yes. result of being introduced? To- I wouldn't say the majority, no. but certainly there's always a number of people that say, well, you know, I, I wasn't sure I could do this. And I've done it, and I actually feel so good for yeah. the first time in years. So it's like a light bulb kind of moment. Maybe, maybe I should try this sobriety. Because, of course, during that month, I mean, I really encourage people not to become recluses, yes. you know, just to get out there, try and do the normal stuff. Mm. And it feels a bit hard and awkward to start with. But yeah, of course. gradually you get the hang of it. Yeah, you and, do get the hang of it. people realise they can do this. How long have you not had a drink for now? Oh, <laughs> I'll look at my app. I've got the hours. <laughs> oh, have you got the app? Yeah, I've got, no, <laughs> no, I won't. But uh, I can tell you I stopped drinking on May, uh, May the 23rd, 2015. So hmm. I'm, coming, I'm, in just, I'm in my fourth year yeah, of sobriety. Year. And how do you feel? Oh, wonderful, actually. Do you? I, I feel like a different person. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I drank kind of for, for many, many years. And, it, and drank too much or just drank well it sneaked up on me like it does like it does many many people i I was um pretty much a a functioning alcoholic um for the last kind of 20 years of my my drinking i would say yeah you know before that it was just normal social drinking but then it became i had to drink every day and i would drink alone and i would regularly get hammered Mm, and mm. You know, it was it was obviously getting to a bad bad place when I stopped. I, I was having blackouts, and sure. even walking, talking blackouts sometimes, which is very scary yeah. when you you seem normal and then the next day you can't actually remember that part of the day. How fundamentally has your life changed? Then you say you feel better, but on a on a day to day basis, I mean, being a functioning alcoholic or a, a functioning. Um, yeah, I'm going to use the term functioning alcoholic is something that obviously I have experience of. And it's it's very different to being, I think, uh, um, an, and I say this with, with respect, but an in the gutter alcoholic where everything's already gone. Being a functioning alcoholic mm. for me was about I still had a job. I've still sort of had a relationship, but mm. everything was very much was very precarious. Yes. And the misery of trying to maintain the functionality mm. was exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really like the phrase uh, "functioning alcoholics." Um, also, if if one talks about almost alcoholics, because I think you know, you mentioned this person in the gutter, and and we always felt, you know, well, that's not me. I'm not like that. Yeah. But in fact, if you think of it as a spectrum, so at one end you've got that person in the gutter, you know, pouring vodka on the cornflakes in the morning and really, really lost the plot. And then the other end you've got someone that never thinks about alcohol, it's not on their radar, you Mm. know, they might have a glass of champagne at a wedding, but apart from that. But then in the middle there's millions of us, you know, that that, gradually we're moving along that spectrum, some of us. Mm. And I read a very interesting statistic the other day that, People that drink regularly for decades, you know, it's when you think you get into your 40s and you've been drinking since you were a teenager, late teenager, 22% of those people will develop a dependency. Hmm. And that's another thing I love about Dry January because it's a chance. It gives you a chance to test your dependency because if you just fly through Dry January, no problem, then obviously you don't have a problem. Hmm. But if you, you know, really struggle or if you can't even face the prospect of a dry January, then you do need to 
to make some changes. That's another thing. People will be listening in and they'll say, but but how do I know? Uh, and I suppose this, this leans more into World Without Wine and we can talk about that in just a mm. second. But, but how do I know that actually... Uh, this is uh, this is something that I would need to do, and we're going beyond dry January a bit here, and and mm. more towards more towards the towards um, world without wine. But how do I know that I'm somebody that that would need to do this? I'm not a drop down drunk. Mm. Um, I, I don't have a drink in the morning. All these very stereotypical mm. things that we mm. think about when we think of alcoholism, or we've watched one too many mm. Hollywood movies. Mm. Um, what do you tell people when it comes to testing dependency? Well, I think, you know, t- if you can't take a month off, then that's that's a, a bit of a, a red flag. But also the the safe, so-called safe limits, although there's been a, another study out recently saying no alcohol is a safe limit. But there, there are some guidelines that say that if you drink more than a, a bottle and a half of wine a week, not a night, mm. a week, then really you, you're putting your health at risk. So that's, I think, you know, and it's very easy to drink more than that. You know, Mm. you have a couple of glasses when you get home from work while you're doing the cooking and, you know, the next night the same, the same. And you've gone through three or four bottles a week. Mm. So really a bottle and a half of uh, wine a week is um, a limit. And if you're drinking more than that, then you need to, to make a change. And I guess it comes not just down to the, the, our, our physical health in terms of um, the, the, you know, our, the functionality of our organs, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but the dependency, the psychological, the emotional um, dependency also. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it numbs us to, to so many things. You know, I've, I, I really, I remember some people that come on our workshops. You know, they say, "Well, I'm a writer, you know, and I'm a bit of a creative person, and I'm worried, you know, that my creativity might go out the window if I stop drinking." And and I found, and a lot of people do find that it actually comes up a ramp, you know, because you you've cleared you've cleared your a mind. Uh, it's funny you should say that. A, f- a friend of mine is a recovering heroin addict, and the reason that he used to give, and he f- and he stuck by this for, through you know through very serious addiction was, well, if I stop taking heroin, and he's an artist, if I stop taking heroin, my artistic flair will go. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And now we're we're sort of five years down the line, and he's producing probably the best work yeah. of his life, yeah. clean and sober. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So a bit of a myth I think it is a myth but it's something that one can cling on to I think when one doesn't want to look at the realities of actually this is harming me tell us more about World About Wine where did this come from where did this you're the the brainchild where did it come from yeah. and how did it well, happen you see, i got creative you did get creative you got sober and got creative yeah yeah well there i was um i have to confess that i went through a bit of a, a void you know when i got sober i don't know if that mm. happened to you but i just felt <laughs> yeah, like i can't remember the last yeah flat. yeah and I, I remember thinking, oh, I wonder if I've lost more than I've gained here you know this life's rather dull these days and then gradually I, I came out of that that kind of mindset and I, I, I thought back to how I got sober. I mean, I haven't mentioned that, but uh, I went to AA mm. and it, it wasn't right for me. It just, um, I, I didn't gel. I, I probably didn't find the right group. You know, I mean, I've got huge respect for them and they've saved millions of lives, but it wasn't for me. You know, mm. it's not for everybody. No. So I ended up going to the UK where I found a workshop run by an organization over there called Club Soda. And it was, 
it was a nice called workshop. Club Soda. Club Soda. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a great name, isn't it? That's the most British workshop I've ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> Clubs, Club Sober, it should have been. Yeah, yes, anyway. Yes, that's, that's a better name. I'll have to tell them. So... At this workshop, the, the main thing, why it worked for me was because there were other people there that were kind of like me, you know, ladies with jobs and families, functioning alcoholics mm. rather than the people that I've met at AA. So we ended up swapping numbers and, and then I came back to South Africa and I started blogging as well because I love writing. The day I stopped drinking, I started blogging. And that made me feel accountable, so that helped as well. Anyway, to cut a long story short, I got sober, got back to South Africa, spent a few months here, and then I thought, well, I'm, uh, I spent my corporate career in training and development. I mean, that's what I did. And I thought, well, you know, I went to that workshop and now I'm back here and, and there's nothing like that here. I mean, there's AA, obviously, but there's there's nothing like a workshop. Mm. So I decided to design one and I ran it and people came <laughs> and then I ran another one and then I went to Joburg and ran one and they came there as well. And then I ran one in London and they came there as well. Wow. So I've done uh, 30 now. I've got number 31 on Saturday. So it's... um. Uh, and out of that blog, which has become a website, and out of the workshop, I've now, you know, got the world without wine, which I like to define as a, a social network for people who want to moderate or quit drinking alcohol. Mm. And the way that we bring people into our community, because we've got quite a big community now, is uh, first of all, we like them to become members, because once they're members, they're on WhatsApp, they're in the Facebook group. They've got people to chat to, and there's there's something magical about that because it Absolutely. can be very lonely to think, what's wrong with me? Why can't I stop drinking? Why am I keep getting into scrapes like mm. this? So people realise that there's lots of people like them out there, and, and a lot of people in our community have got sober now, so they're encouraging each other. So first of all, they're in the community. And then after they've settled in, after about a month, we then throw them a challenge. We say... Um, let's do a month sober you know we'll help you through it see how it goes and if people sail through it which sometimes happens we we say well you don't really need us mm. you know if you want to stay around great but but you're you're good you you don't have a dependency make sure you don't drink more than a bottle and a half a week because mm. mm. they will have learned a, a lot just by being around but more often than not because that's why people have been attracted to us there, there is a bit of a problem and they haven't managed to get through the month they've either slipped quite a lot or they're, they're just falling apart so that's when uh, we take them to the kind of third stage which is we encourage them to go to workshops or I do one-to-one -one coaching with people that don't want to go into a kind of public thing but and in, in in doing that because we know that you know we we, we know about um, about AA and that idea of one alcoholic helping another alcoholic we know about rehab uh, and therapy and all mm. that sort of thing so what is the what is the process and what is the uh, the, the conversations that you're having are they dealing with alcohol the physical thing or are they dealing with the the causation the 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 deep stuff yeah, or a I mean, mixture of both we come well the workshops are they're kind of hugely powerful because people i mean uh, you, you have that at aa as well but we always start with a share mm. and but i'm always blown away by the way people just open their hearts you know they've been sitting there five minutes now with a room full of strangers i mean we never have more than 15 at a time but 
you know, they'll they'll be talking about the damage that alcohol's done to them for the first time ever. Wow. Sometimes the first time they've even heard it aloud themselves, and it's it's always you know, very emotional. Mm. So we we start the workshop with that. But where we kind of differ from AA is we come at it. We're trying to create a mind shift, right? So we're not about one day at a time, you know, and getting through. We're more about. I mean, it sounds a bit cheesy, but we say choose an alcohol-free life and then make it awesome, right? Because there's something about you know getting to that stage, and then they, they might have the void like I had, mm, and then you have mm. to find something else to give you a bit of a purpose yeah. in life, you know, which I've been lucky enough to find with this. But we we kind of work at it from um, limiting beliefs. There's so many, my personal limiting beliefs were things like, I can't possibly socialize without alcohol. Yes. I, I deserve alcohol yes. after a day at work because it's the only way I relax. I love going out and getting trash with my girlfriends. You know, that yeah. I had all these beliefs. So we encourage people to verbalize their own beliefs and then turn them around, kind of, first of all, intellectually. So for me, an example would be I would literally write down, I can, I can spend time with family and friends without uh, alcohol, without drinking ethanol, you know, make mm, it extreme. Mm. And then, and then you have to do the work. And the only way that I managed to reverse those beliefs and sink it into my subconscious was by going out night after night, sober, being miserable most of the time, not enjoying myself, but <laughs> seeing it as another tick in the box. You know, I did it. I went out. I survived. It was all right. And then gradually, after a few months, in my case, I realized that I'd actually had quite a nice time one evening and I hadn't been drinking. And gradually, your subconscious absorbs the fact that sobriety is okay, actually. Do you find being around people who are drunk tedious, or does it not bother you? Yeah, it's just boring, really. Yeah. So I still, you know, I certainly haven't dumped all my bodies that that still drink. Because, and again, that would be a very AA thing to do. When I when I got into recovery and there was a suggestion of, you know, don't hang up, you, you're going to have to, for some time, change your social circle. Mm. And I did have to because my social circle were uh, drinkers and drug addicts, so that was ideally not the type <laughs> of people that yeah. I needed to socialise with on a daily basis. That said, now I have a mix of, of yeah. people who drink and who don't drink. But there is a point, and, with, and I have a great time with, with friends of mine who do drink. I have a fabulous time, but there comes a point in the evening where Two I hours. bow out. It's a, yeah, or about three drinks, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where I say, "Okay, you've all become incredibly tedious um, yeah. as you are," and I go home, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I do exactly the same. It's when the the voices change. Yes, yeah, they start yeah. being madly in love with. They lo they love you so much. The hugs, the hugs start yeah. coming. And I, I was so like that. You know. <laughs> My poor long suffering <laughs> husband. He always used to. <laughs> He'd say to me, there's just, I know when your voice is going, and yeah. then he'd kind of gently steer me out of whatever social occasion we were at. <laughs> so, so with, do, you, do you find that when people come along to the workshops that they would also, some of them have, have had um, perhaps conversations with, with medical professionals who would have said, you know, you really need to cut back on your drinking, or you could do with being in therapy do, 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 do the workshops work alongside other programs i mean would people come to aa and also come to you would they be in therapy and also come to you mm. Mm. yes i mean certainly 
many people have come from AA saying AA wasn't quite right for me. And, yeah. And it, this, and all that I say is, you know, it's a different approach. Yeah. You know, and if you are in this kind of fix, I just advise people to try everything. Try a hundred percent. Just get it done. Yeah. Whatever be works. Something that suits you. Absolutely. We're all different. That's so true. Yeah. 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 Where can people get more information? You say you've got a workshop on Saturday. Is it full? Yeah. Oh, it's um, full. It's I'm full, folks. <laughs> I think I might have one place in Job. Okay. So where can people get more information? Just worldwithoutwine.com. Yes. Yeah. It's all on the website. I think it's quite clear. And the Dry January Challenge is on the homepage. It's uh, not so too late, folks. Yeah. Okay. We'd love to get a little bit more. We, we're not doing quite as well as we were last year. We've got about... Um, we're coming up for 40,000, so okay. we've still got a way to go to get to 56 that we did last year. Yeah. Well, there you go, folks. It's not too late. You can still do dry January. You can make it dry February. You can make it dry March. Whatever it is that you need to do, <laughs> uh, you can you do it. Dry. Exactly right. Janet, it's a pleasure always to chat to you. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. Sorry,